As we continue on through the book of Acts, in, uh, in chapter 13, we see a shift in church history where the church is really actively sending people out with the message. And uh, uh, today, I just kind of want to put it into the historical context and the scriptural context. Paul and Barnabas were called to go out on the, me- on the mission. They took with them uh, John, who is called Mark. And if uh, if you'll pop up the map, this is uh, last week we talked about the first two legs of the journey. They went across Cyprus. Now we're going to go up into Antioch. And there is not a quiz at the end. Some people like having that context. Others, no, they don't care. You know, it's really not there. I just wanted to add that for those that that's helpful. To me, it is. I love maps, you know, and atlases and stuff. And they are preaching the gospel as they go, as they're traveling along. And today... I want to share the gospel, or want to read the gospel a little, or not read it. Um, actually, I want to use a video again. I do this every once in a while from the Visual Bible. It is word for word from Scripture. It's just acted out, and it will be from the NIV instead of the ESV because I don't have a choice. That's what they <laughs> produced it in. So, Ishvan, if you will call up that video. And we're going to see the scripture acted out and read at the same time. So I'm going to turn off a couple of the lights. Oop, that's on. Excuse me. A couple more off just to make it a little. they went on to Pisidian Antioch. On the Sabbath, they entered the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the synagogue rulers sent word to them saying, Brothers, if you have a message of encouragement for the people, please speak. Standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Men of Israel, And you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of that country. He endured their conduct for about 40 years in the desert. He overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king, and he gave them Saul, son of Kish of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled 40 years. 
After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing his work, he said, Who do you think I am? I'm not that one, no. But he is coming after me, whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. Brothers, children of Abraham, and you God-fearing Gentiles, it is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. Yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead, and for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised our fathers, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second Psalm, you are my son. Today I have become your father. The fact that God raised him from the dead, never to decay, is stated in these words. I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So it is stated elsewhere, you will not let your Holy One see decay. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Therefore, my brothers, I want you to know that through Jesus, the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. <laughs> through Him, everyone who believes is justified from everything you could not be justified from by the law of Moses. <sighs> Take care. But what the prophets have said does not happen to you. Look, you scoffers wonder and perish. For I am going to do something in your days that you would never believe. Even if someone told you. As Paul and Barnabas were leaving the synagogue, the people invited them to speak further about these things on the next Sabbath. What is it like 
when you see that acted out in front of you, when you see that story, does it help the scripture come alive? Kind of to think about it, to place yourself back there. Of course, we don't know what Paul looked like. Um, we do have one written description, but it wasn't actually from his time. It was someone wrote later, and he was apparently a very ugly person physically. I don't know if that's actually true or not. But what Paul did is he stood up in the synagogue, and he began to share with the people and just told about what God was doing. I entitled this message, God's Story. It's often said that history is his story. All of history is God's story, how he's working, how he's moving, not just with Israel, but around the world. And Paul uses the history of Israel that they knew. They knew their history. They, they studied it. They were taught it. They were taught it at home. And he used their history, and he began to show them how God was at work through the generations. He is sharing with them what God's doing, how God had worked in history, and how Jesus Christ fulfilled that prophecy. And he brought it up to the times of Christ. He was using what we today would call Bible stories, Bible storying. Uh, you remember somebody else that did that earlier we've already read about? Remember Stephen, when he's on trial, he's on trial. What did he do? He just stood up. And in front of all the leaders, in front of all the teachers, he just shared God's story of how God had worked through the generations. History, I truly believe, history is God's story and God's working. And God uses Bible stories to touch hearts. People like hearing stories. Carolyn's dad used to tell about a man that was in their church that he would be sitting in Sunday school or in Bible study and just kind of phased out until someone would start to tell a story, an illustration, and then he'd kind of lighten up. And then you go back to the data, you know, just the teaching of the scripture, and he would sort of phase out again. Because there's something about a story. Cultures today, there are many cultures where they don't have the Bible in written form, where many people don't read. How do they get the Bible? Through the stories. And they memorize them. It is a form of translation. And I really believe this. At first, I didn't. I really thought it was something of using the Bible to make the story. No, I realized God uses the stories. How did Jesus teach? Jesus taught through stories. 
But then when we take the Bible and we really help relate it to people through a story format, it helps people relate to what's going on. It's a form of translation. And I believe and I hold it as the Word of God, as I would another translation. Sometimes some translations are better than others, and sometimes we get the stories better than others, and sometimes we miss it occasionally, but it's still, it's God's word going out. And God has promised, he promised us this, that his word will accomplish what he intends. God's word will accomplish what he intends. Let's look at the... the, um, The book of Isaiah, chapter 55, Isaiah 55. Now, I'm going to start reading in verse 6. It says, Seek the Lord while, while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Grasp this. Verse 10. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring, bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it will accomplish, it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. Those are really strong words. God says, when I speak, when I send out my word, it's not just going to be effective. It's going to do what I want it to do. And that is directly from God. And I can tell you, I want to tell you, I honestly believe this. Without doubt, in no way, shape, or form do I even question this anymore. I I used to wonder, Lord, does it really do what you intend? Because I hear people hear the word of God and ignore it. But God has said that when he sends out his word, it's going to accomplish what he intends. I have come to rely on that. I have come to rely on that promise. If you think about how I usually present a message, I read the whole passage. I don't do videos very often, but I tend to read the entire passage at the beginning when we have the scripture reading. And then I'm going to go back through it And I read it verse by verse. I don't know if you ever caught on to this. 
but I also try to tell it in story format. Not all of the scripture really allows for that, but I read, read, then tell. I read the, the, the scripture, I will read the scripture again, and then I want to tell it in the story format to help bring it alive to, so that you can picture yourself there. Rami mentioned uh, he had no idea that I was going to use this illustration when he talked about forgetfulness. And I've mentioned it before, the average human being forgets 80% of what they hear within the first 20 minutes. It's called the forgetting curve. And the longer you go, the more you forget. How many have experienced that in life? (laughs) There are a few people with a photographic memory or, or they hear something, they always remember it. But human beings forget. But one of the things for memory is repetition. So it's my prayer that when we hear Scripture three times, it will be part of that 20% you remember instead of the 80% you forget. I also believe it's God's Word that's really going to transform lives, not my commentary. I hope you do benefit from teaching, from my teaching. I hope God uses me to speak to you, but I honestly believe it is the Word itself that's going to transform lives. And I trust that, I rely on that. God uses his word, and he uses his word, whether it's in print format or if it's in story format, um, whatever way, if it is his message that is going out. Now, I've shared many times, ESV, which is the the passage or the the, um, translation, that we had chosen for our church to use is not my favorite. I mean, it's not the one I like best, but it's a good translation, and it does a lot. It's based on a lot of the wording. They say words have meaning, so they want to get some exact uh, meaning of words. NIV is more readable, It's concerned more about getting the idea and the thought across. It's a different idea of translation. They're both God's word. God uses both. My favorite is the New American Standard because I'm an American. (laughs) Boy, I'm glad somebody got the joke. (laughs) No, I like it because it's a very exact. It's it's one that a lot of people that use for Bible studies, but it's not very readable. And uh, it's not one that you just sit down and would usually just read. The different translations have different purposes, and God uses them all. And I believe it's the same way with the stories, that God uses the stories. Bible stories are my favorite evangelism tool. Bible stories are my favorite evangelism tool. And I'm not talking about just in teaching or in a formal setting. I'm talking in everyday conversation. I love it when somebody says something that reminds me of a Bible story, and I can throw it right into the conversation. Oh, that reminds me of. And I do that all the time. 
for one, I'm always telling stories. So I'm either telling it about the Bible or I'm telling it about me, sometimes about the family, but I'm kind of self-centered. So I tend to focus on stories about me. Uh, you know, so do you, but <laughs> I love just throwing the stories in and sharing those. Oh, that reminds me of the time that Jesus said, or that reminds me of, and I love being able to do that. Uh, It's one of my favorite ways, and we have seen it be very effective, haven't we, Carolyn? (laughs) We've watched as new believers are growing in the Word of God we did what I call adult Bible storying, even at a at church when we were starting a, a church with another pastor. He was teaching new believers topics, and we were teaching the Bible through Bible stories by condensing them. It was word for word from the scripture, but I would, would uh, uh, condense them down. Well, so one day we were doing the creation to Christ story we saw a young man, he had been coming to Bible study and just didn't seem to be affected. It's kind of like, what's going on? Why, why is he not responding? And you've, you've probably seen that too. You see someone come, they sit through Bible study, they, they don't really seem to be, be hearing. And then we were doing the creation to Christ, or excuse me, yeah, creation to Christ story. One day, and we saw his face change. I can't remember his his exact words, but he's like, I'm almost persuaded. It was something very similar to that. Do you remember, Carolyn, his exact words? But I don't remember the exact words. And one of the new believers there looked and said, well, when? When when are you going to believe? But see, he, he got a picture that from creation on, God had a plan and God was moving through history. That's what the Apostle Paul was doing in front of the Jewish uh, leaders in in that synagogue. He was showing them how God was at work all through history. And even when I preach, uh, I have the opportunity to preach somewhere I've not been before. I often do creation to consummation or creation to recreation or completion from the creation of heaven and earth to the new heaven and earth because it's a story of God working from beginning to end. And I love it as a tool, but I also love it because it is the word of God going out. Now, Last time, when I spoke about Bible storying, it was a sermon called, I think, uh, The Power of the Story, something like that. I I can't remember exactly what I titled it. Uh, I have the memory of a guppy, you know. Um, I, I don't remember detail well. I think in big picture, so that maybe that's why I like the story so well. said something about, I wish I had brought copies. So... This time, I did. I literally, I brought copies to share with you. (laughs) I did bring them. 
here, who would help me pass these out? Rami, there's there's plenty there. I think there's 50 of them. Just hand them, float them back, take them all. Who would like it in Hungarian? Anybody want some in Hungarian? Um, Sandy, on the the over there in that blue folder, Sandy, uh, a cake. Um, oh, ho chivyak. Yes. <laughs> what the? Okay. Ott van a magyar ugyanaz is a fordítás. So it's in Hungarian there too. Just hand out all of them, Rami. Give them, make sure everybody has two or three because you're going to use them and give them to somebody. I hope. You also notice on the back who put this one together. And it says, please copy freely. Just don't modify it. You know, don't, don't start saying, you know, Jesus was an alien that came in a UFO. Believe it or not, we had that one in a Bible study one time. <laughs> that lady really did. She thought Jesus came from a UFO. Anyway, uh, this was done for Australians uh, by a very good friend. It was put together by a very good friend of ours. His name is Ben Armacost. He's now in London. He was the first to experience, just pass them all out, Rami. Just give them to everybody. I could just stand and throw them. Uh, he was the first uh, person to have a church planting movement in a uh, European language. It was in English in Australia. And uh, this was one of the main tools that they used. If you look in China, the massive movements that they have, you know, I know one of the main tools that they use? A creation to Christ story. In Africa, you want to know one of the big tools that they use? Uh, you can look at that one online. Steve Smith did one. He did it in, in eight short blocks, so they memorize it. My daughter, when she went to serve in Africa, she was working among a people group that does not have Scripture in their dialect. And so they were required to memorize creation to Christ. They memorized the story. Uh, Curtis Sargent was uh, one of the, the big church planting movements, early ones that we saw in China. He had one that was just word for word taken from Scripture in different sections. So I share this with you because I believe God's at work. God wants to touch lives. This is a tool. It may be helpful to you. It's helpful to me. It has the story, and then it has on the side the little bulleted points are the, some of the main things to make sure you're stressing. But when I have the opportunity to speak, if the topic's saying, hey, we want you to, to uh, speak on Thanksgiving, I will look at that topic through Scripture. If they want to say second chances, I will look through Scripture, second chances. Because God has moved from creation, and he's going to keep moving, and there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And I don't really know what comes after that. The way that God's going to express his creativity 
But what I do know is God wants every human being to hear that he's at work. He's at work in the world. He's at work in their lives. He cares about them, and he's working for this purpose.